0: Wyatt, we are back for another episode of Stadium Drive. A lot of good stuff on the docket. Our teams are staying dominant, looking up. But first, Mike Norvell in the transfer portal has to be the number one topic.
1: Yeah, Mike Norvell continues to crush the portal in his time at Florida State. He's one of the best coaches in the country at it, currently Number two in the rankings, nationally behind only Oklahoma with the best transfer ranking so far. We were able to bring in three big names to start off the year and uh, couldn't be more excited about what the Noles are doing.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about those three key transfers, Wyatt. Go ahead and get into them.
1: Well, so the first one that jumps off the page is is Jaheim Bell, the tight end out of South Carolina. Absolute stud. Yeah, he's an absolute monster. He re- enrolled at South Carolina in 2020. He's been there for the last three seasons. He was actually a three-star recruit coming out of high school. So he's kind of under-recruited. You know, he he had offers from Florida. He had offers from Bama. But he wasn't like a top recruit on everybody's radar. He's now climbed up to a four-star ranking on 247. Um, 56 catches, over 700 yards, seven touchdowns in his career at South Carolina. And he got 80 carries as like an H-back, tailback role. So just a versatile athlete on the field. A guy who can help us in a lot of different ways. And kind of a Swiss Army knife for Mike Norvell to just throw into his offense and see what he can do. The next guy on the list, Kyle Morlock, another guy that, you know, very under-recruited, didn't wasn't even ranked coming out of high school, completely off of the radar. He enrolls in a D2 program shorter university out of Rome, Georgia. You know, again, not a big program, but 6'7, 250 pounds. Can I interest you in a 6'7? 250 tight end next to a 6'7 Johnny Wilson on the field at the same time.
0: Sign me right up.
1: (laughs) Again, big body you can put on the field to help with not only the receiving and passing game, but a guy that can block and help us run our offense in the run game as well. And then the third guy, Darrell Jackson. Very interesting story, a defensive tackle uh, out of South Florida. Kind of a crazy path. He signed his letter of intent with Maryland at a high school, transferred to Miami, and now he's here. So he's had three different stops, and uh, hopefully, uh, I, I, I have a feeling. So we recruited him when he left Maryland, right? And he, and he was being recruited by a couple of different schools. He ended up choosing Miami. So I guess his one year in Miami this year, he just said, "Yeah, this ain't it. Let me just uh, let me just go right back and tell us. Yeah,
0: we don't make <laughs> It's all good. Come on down. We'll take you anytime.
1: Yeah. So three three exciting names that uh, Norvell again just continues to reload his roster. He's had success with it ever since he's gotten here. And it's kind of the new way, right, Alex? It's like there's there's one way to recruit, and you can build it through freshmen coming out of high school, but you can also now with this transfer portal completely reshape your team in just one offseason.
0: I am loving the transfer portal because I think that first – the. Rules previously were so difficult with these young athletes that are trying to optimize their college career, right? You only have so many years, and now with the Transfer Portal, being able to utilize that for athletes to have their best possible college career, to me, is the best thing that you could possibly be doing. So I am so thankful that we're able to have that because also he's able to go and handpick players that he is then able to mold into his program, bring into the culture, and they make instant impacts. Right. Again,
1: and, and and you hit the nail on the head with some guys, sometimes you go to a place and it just doesn't fit. Like it's not a culture right. fit. It's not a scheme fit. You have new coaches come in, new coordinators that run different offenses that you weren't really promised. And you just right. don't fit that, that culture there. And the transfer portal, I think is good for college football. I know yeah. a lot of people have mixed feelings about it, but again, it it allows student athletes to t- kind of take control of their own destiny. They're not like held hostage to, well, I signed with this school and I can't really go anywhere Like you can actually do what you need to do to make yourself and and put your career first.
0: Right. And when you're 18 years old, you know, you're you're doing your best to pick a school, but you can't always hit home runs, right? You you don't always execute perfectly. And then if you make the wrong decision and then your college career is, you know, impacted indefinitely. But now with the portal, you know, we're able to up and leave and they're able to find the programs that are best for them. And I think it just makes the competition better across the entire division one.
1: I agree, and again, like we we talked about this on the college basketball side of things earlier this week when I was working the basketball games, similar ways there, like you can completely change your team in an off season, even smaller schools right. schools that can't really compete out of the gate because eighteen year olds and families in high school are like, I want to go play for Bama, I want to go play yeah. for Oklahoma. They only see the big names, whereas now these smaller schools, after a year of these kids being in different programs can can say, Hey, we're okay too." Just come yeah. with us. Like, just yeah. give me opportunities.
0: And thinking about, too, with women's basketball, you know, I mean, we have three key players that have been brought in that were playing for a different team last season. And it's players that we need. You know, we'd have seven players on the roster if it weren't for them. So that is that is just, you know, one, one example where it's working well at Florida State. But also, I want to talk to Wyatt because... I feel like Norvell's getting backlash. He's using the portal to his utmost advantage. He's absolutely crushing it. And the naysayers are out there saying, well, he can't recruit and he can only use the portal. And I just want to get into that a little bit because that's mind blowing to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I just, I I think that people say that don't understand that the portal is kind of the new way. And also you, the portal is recruiting. Like what is, what is he doing? Is he not recruiting these guys? Is he just not right. talking to them? They're just showing up. Like he is constantly scouting these other players. He's constantly looking across the country and saying, you know what? I wish I had that guy on my team. And as soon as Let's I see him up. the portal, yeah. I'm going to grab him. So like yeah. recruiting, recruiting is all encompassing. It's all one umbrella. And again, for those that don't take advantage of the portal, they're going to be dinosaurs. Norvella's is yeah. not a dinosaur. He's living in yeah. the now. Yep. And think about the professional
0: coaches that use trades to their ability. You know, you call those coaches great coaches. Right. But like, now because the collegiate game is changing, people are having trouble with that, but he is living in the future. He's doing everything absolutely right. And it's so exciting because now we have a winning football program.
1: We have a winning football program and it's full of juniors, it's full of seniors. And again, that that can't be talked about enough in the fact that in college football, when you have upperclassmen leading your team. It's just physically a different team.
0: hundred percent. You
1: have 23 year olds across the board versus 19 year olds physically. They are not the same in terms of the way they've been conditioned the way they've been trained. Like they're just bigger, stronger athletes because they've developed. So next year we're coming into a team that's already nine and three, potentially 10 and three after the bowl game. And they're all going to be bigger, stronger, faster, and more cohesive. So yep. I mean, Norvell's got a great thing going. I can't wait for next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So exciting moving forward. Another bit of excitement. Silver lining in men's basketball. We're on a two-game winning streak. It's finally looking up. We did not lose hope, Wyatt. Let's no. talk about them in their last two games.
1: I will. I would like the record to show. Alex DiCapula and me did not waver. We stood. <laughs> Never. Good Pat. We love our men's team. We know they struggled That's out nice. of the gate, but again back-to-back wins for the first time in the season Mm -hmm. uh, against Louisville and USC upstate who are not great competition, not the best teams in the country, but we proved that we are not the worst team in the ACC. We love that. Uh, And we beat them by double digits, both, both teams. And I think it's the most energy I've seen from this team. Uh, I was talking about it with Malcolm hook who'd be my color analyst for one of the linear games. And he was just saying, listen, like when I was here earlier this year against Florida, like, it was still early, but I just felt like in the gym at shoot around, like there wasn't that same energy. There wasn't that same, like, Hey, let's, let's get going. And Mm -hmm. against Louisville, they came out with a totally different mindset and totally different attitude off that loss at Virginia. And they looked to regroup. They looked re-energized. And I think they might surprise people and go on a little mini run here. I know conference play is going to get a little tough, uh, but they're playing their best basketball right now. They're starting to figure it out
0: yeah and i think that like what you said you know i noticed malcolm talking about that throughout the broadcast the way that this team has developed in a short time it's hard to go from the adversity they were facing finding your gel as a team without having you know that number one guy to step in be that leader you know they had a lot to try to figure out and like malcolm said they came in with so much energy and that was the game changer they believed in themselves a lot more they're making a lot more shots and they're looking Looking so much cleaner on the court together as a unit.
1: Yep, I agree with you 100%. And to your point about that, like a lot of the players on our team are kind of having to be stepping into roles they didn't expect. That seems to be the theme of this season. They they came in like, this is what our team looks like. And then two weeks in, you're like, okay, this is not what our team looks like. We're missing the guys (laughs) that we thought we were going to have, whether it be Baba Miller's suspension, whether it be Jalen Gainey's injury, Cameron Fletcher's injury now like players are having to step up and do things that they may not have expected to do, but they're doing and they're, they're figuring out on the fly. and, And I think they're on the cusp of really putting it together.
0: Yeah, totally, and I think one player that's done that really well is Darren Green Jr. I mean, he came into this program probably thinking that he's going to play typical Florida State basketball, that Coach Ham is going to use that depth on the roster, he's going to come in, he's going to be an impact player, he's going to get his minutes, and then he's going to get off the court. No, instead he's at 383 minutes over the course of, what I want to say, 11 games. So he is playing so much basketball. He is our leading scorer right now. He's got more points than anybody else. And he has just been so fantastic for us, and just I just have to commend him because he's come in and he's really stepped up in a place where he might not not have thought that he was going to have to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably expecting eighteen to twenty minutes a night, come in, be the three point specialist, um, expend energy on defense, and um, now he's asked to put up fifteen shots a night and 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 be more yeah. of a, a distributor. In, in ways and help run the offense, but he's done a great job. If we didn't have him, I don't know what this offense would look like. I don't know how. Shout out portal. Shout out the portal. Shout out the portal, a guy that <laughs> came here and whipped our butts uh, last year with UCF, and he said, you know what? I'm going to give this uh, Florida State team a shot. And, again, he's he's been electric for us. He's, a, again, a great three-point shooter. Without his ability to stretch the floor, I think this offense would be in a world of trouble. He's done a great job.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I know that you're passionate about a young freshman who's answered the call, Cam Corn. Let's talk about him.
1: I can't say enough about Cam Corn. He's had two back-to-back double-digit games. He had a career high against Louisville, averaging five rebounds in the last two games at home. Just done a lot to just, I mean, talk about getting thrown into the fire as a true yeah. freshman. He he was actually recruited, Alex, to be more of a wing. He's recruited to be a small forward or a power forward, like stretching off the court. He, was, he wasn't supposed okay. to be down low in the paint. Uh, He's more of a John Butler type guy coming in. And Mm -hmm. when Jalen Ganey gets injured in the offseason, all of a sudden with Boba Miller's suspension as well, Coach Hamm, Mm -hmm. Coach Dan Jones are looking around. They're like, well, you're Uh, (laughs) 6'10". We're going to have to kick you inside, Cam. You're going to have to play some center. And to his credit, I mean, he's gone through a gauntlet. He's played Colin Castleton out of Florida, who's probably the SEC player of the year. He played Zach Eady at Purdue. Uh, no joke or the college basketball player of the year. <laughs> right. Uh, he had to go to Virginia and play one of the deepest and most defensive minded front courts uh, on the road in Virginia. And the schedule is only going to get harder. Yeah. Um he talked to Arya Masoudi, our play-by-play guy ahead of US. Shout, Shout out Arya, We love Arya. Shout out Arya. But he was talking to Arya Camp Gordon was about just how it's how it's good for these freshmen, these young players like himself to go through these fires because they're going to get better by the end of this season, obviously. And then going into their sophomore year and their junior year, they know what it feels like. And they've, they've been through these battles. They already have faced this adversity. And hopefully it's going to make them better players. And I I just – I love Cam. He brings great energy. Uh, he's working hard. He's he's constantly communicating on the floor to get better. And um, I just wanted to shout him out because I, I love his game.
0: Fair enough. And, you know, I think the one guy that has stepped up for us, he has been consistent. He's turning into such a great shooter. He is – been a lot for us it's Matthew Cleveland
1: yeah Matthew Cleveland's been great um I believe he's averaging 15 a game over the last five games he's Mm -hmm. the thing that's impressed me the most aside from his shooting and his and his percentages from the floor is his rebounding we just desperately need rebounding losing Cameron Fletcher at Virginia was was a tough blow uh to our defensive side of the ball and and Matt stepped up he's he's averaging eight boards a game over the last five he's uh he's got two double doubles on the year and that's really what we need on the offensive and defensive end to to grab boards and, and and put points up.
0: Yeah, and to to be you know that in shape, right? To perform so well. Under the net and shooting, I mean, he has just been fantastic for us. We really wouldn't, you know, be winning these games without him. So he's really the guy that we should have talked about first, save for last, because that's where the flow took us. But Matthew Cleveland's been great, and it's just it's great to see this team being able to pull it together and and put some good basketball out there for us.
1: Yep, excited. And again, Florida State fans, I know it's Christmas break, so you probably are all home for the holidays. But when we come back to start of the new year, I need you back in the Tucker Center because it's not been the same energy we've been accustomed to. Do not give up on this team. They are just turning a corner. ACC player on the corner. We need the support in the Tucker Center because they're about to figure it out.
0: That is our promo, Wyatt. Our promo is not for us talking about sports. It is for us to tell the fans that they need to pack the tuck. Because guess what? It's the best environment. It's loud. It's fun. They need that energy. They've been playing without it. I can't imagine how they're going to play with it.
1: Yeah, coaches have said this, away coaches have said this for years. They hate coming to the Tucker Center. They Mm -hmm. hate playing in Tallahassee because of the energy and because the way this team plays when they have that crowd around them. So please, come to the games.
0: I have to tell you, why that is probably my favorite thing about working at Florida State. It's not only basketball coaches that come in and say that. It is baseball coaches that come in and say that. It is football coaches that come in and say that. It is broadcasters that say that. Everybody knows that coming to Florida State is going to be difficult because our fans are, bar none, the best in the country. So we need to show out and do that.
1: Yeah, when, when our fan base is bought in, it is hard to compete with. We have a great tradition across all of our athletics. We just need to continue to show it. Period. Thank you.
0: Moving forward, women's basketball just continues to dominate our winter team. Let's get it, Wyatt. Get right into it.
1: Well, I don't know if you saw the stat that I sent you before we started recording this segment, but uh, Alex. Oh, I
0: saw the stat.
1: uh, 84 points a game, which is fifth in the NCAA, but the only team in the country to have scored 1,000 points. One of
0: one.
1: One of one. You know That's who all. else is one of one? Tanaya Latson. Tania Latson is one of one.
0: I thought that that might be what you said. <laughs> Tania Latson is one of one. She is so special. I've said it. What Ferrara said about her, he knows that no matter what game he enters, she is going to be the best player in the gym.
1: Tania Latson's been great. She came into last night's game against presbyterian as the fifth best in scoring in the nation she's leading the acc in scoring all 15 teams all players every single player seniors juniors grad dude crushing them all all of them and she had eight straight 20 point games coming into that game forget it and alex what if i told you she didn't have her the start she wanted in the first quarter she started 0 for 7 then made nine of her next 11 shots
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Nasty. I am up in Ohio visiting my family. That's why we're in this beautiful background here. Um, I did not watch the game. Um, I would not believe that if you told me that. I would have lost that bet. Um, And I love that she just came right back out there and answered the call. please tell the listeners what you saw from her and Jazz Massengill.
1: Well, the biggest thing for me was – she didn't have the, the start she wanted, obviously. Like I said, she went over 7 mm-hmm. I think it was the end of the first quarter. We're going to break on the on the broadcast. And as soon as we we hit commercial break, the cameras are still shooting. And I and I see Jazz Massengill, friend of the show, legend. Homie. Awesome. Love her. She's the first one to greet and come off the court. And and she's kind of hanging her head. She's not, you know, she's kind of frustrated. The ball's not going in. She's not making shots she's made all season, right? And Jazz Massengill, I I can't read her lips that well, but she puts her arm around her and she's just kind of like, hey, like you're good. Like you're fine. And she taps her on the chest and she's like, listen, just go out there. It's going to be all right. And then Tynaya just goes right to the bench, sits down, talks to Coach Wyckoff about what they're going to do out of the timeout. Um, And then again, goes on to hit her next nine shots and ends up leading the team in scoring. And she did it on the defensive end. (laughs) She had eight steals. So casually. Eight steals. So when her shot's not falling – it's easy for players that are offensive players when their shots not falling. They just get like disengaged. Like they don't,
0: yep, they don't right. continue
1: to play on the defensive end. They don't pass the ball well. They don't defend. Tanaya was the exact opposite as a true freshman. She literally said, "Okay, I'm not getting my shot. Well, I'm going to get some steals and I'm going to go yep. get some easy layups." It's so
0: impressive as a player that young, the emotional maturity, right? To be able to withstand that, the mental toughness that you need to say, okay, you know what? I'm not making shots, but that's fine. That's just not my responsibility right now. Everybody else, you go ahead and make shots. Snoop having her career game. We love that for her. We love that for her. I mean, it just just speaks volumes to what kind of a player she is and also that relationship that her and Jazz have like she said she said they are so close and she's able to just bring her in as her little sister and the relationship between those two players is so important and I would just love to talk to Tania and just hear a little bit about how that conversation went.
1: Yeah, we're definitely going to have to catch her uh, whenever she comes back from this Yukon uh, game this weekend. We're going to have to talk to her about what that was like, but again, to see her as a freshman, have that maturity and say, you know what? Like, it's fine. I'm going to continue to play within myself and and trust the leaders around me, trust Jazz, trust Coach Wyckoff, and just keep playing my game and and things are going to come to me. But you touched a little bit on Snoop Turns. I want to shout out another bench player that came off uh, in, in a reserve role, Mariana Valenzuela, who's having herself a last two weeks to remember. Off the bench, she is special for this Florida State offense. Off the bench uh, against Presbyterian, twelve points, nine boards, and how about the last five games, Alex? Seventy percent from three. Oh my goodness! And that's not on like three shots. She's twelve of seventeen from the three point line. You gotta love it, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you the gotta
0: best, love it.
1: The best part about Mariana is when she hits the when she hits him right. It's easy. Like sometimes you see players and they hit a three and they get all juiced up. And then the second one goes in, they're throwing up the threes. Right. Third one goes in, you're dancing. Mariano Valenzuela. Back on defense. Yeah. (laughs) Swish back on defense, like just stone cold, and I love it.
0: I love it, too. Oh, my gosh. She's been awesome, and I love to see her be able to emerge like this in her sophomore season, you know. Like we've talked about before, Coach Sue didn't really have that big offensive-minded, let's shoot threes, let's get points on the board type of coaching style. So now for her to be able to emerge as this offensive player off the bench is so awesome.
1: Yep, she's uh, her game is ratcheted up a little bit, and I think it's part of her development too. Like as a freshman, she probably came in was starting to learn the game, but again, Coach Wyckoff encouraging players to stretch the floor a little bit, step out, hit some threes, open up the court, and uh, and she can she can play that game. She's not she's not a traditional forward that needs to post up. Like she yeah. can play on the outside, she can play on the wing, uh, and she's just been awesome. I mean, she's a, she's an assassin out there over the last five games.
0: Oh, It's awesome. And it's great to see Florida State just continuing to play their best basketball and show. I mean, I can't get over that. They're the only program in the nation that has scored a thousand points so far this season. That's unbelievable. And it's time for us to get ranked. What's going on? Why aren't we getting the recognition we deserve? I know it's probably the strength of schedule, but you know what's going to help that? Sunday.
1: Sunday against UConn. It's going to be a great game. And to answer your question about not being ranked, I was talking to Kelly Gramlick, our analyst for last night's game, and she said, "Listen, they have the wins, right? They have like they have the numbers, right? They, they they're they're impressing statistically. But again, it is the strength of schedule. We haven't played the caliber of opponents that other teams that are top twenty five have. We've received three votes, um, so we're we're right there." Mm-hmm. Um, even if we, even if we just compete with UConn, if we don't pull out a win, if, even if we compete with UConn, I think that bumps us up just because right. it's probably the best opponent we're going to face, but I expect us to go in there and give them a heck of a game. I am very, very hopeful. Yeah. They're already missing two players, uh, Paige Buchers and, um, Ozzy Fudd, they're both going to be out. Um, mm-hmm. so that plays to our advantage because again, we have 10 players, they all play. And I think we're going to be a handful for UConn. I'll tell you, I believe in this team
0: against anyone. I love the gel that they have. I love the way that they play together. And I think with momentum and culture like that and the talent that they have, I don't know. Like, I am just not worried. Let Put us in front of any team. I'm ready to play.
1: Yeah, a great point that Kelly made, and I want to I wanna share it with the show, is that we talked about this in the beginning of the year, Alex. One of the things you brought up was they only have 10 players. And, like, that's a scary yeah. thought. You're thinking, oh, gosh, like 10 right. players. That's That's not very deep in terms of, you know – you don't have a lot of options if somebody you know rolls an ankle and misses a game, right? Mm-hmm. But Kelly Gramlich said they're the deepest team in the ACC. Despite that, because they all play, like a lot of teams have a lot, a lot of teams may have thirteen players, but only eight of them hit the court. They only have an mm-hmm. eight player rotation. Coach Wyckoff makes every player on her ten player team play. So yep. we still are one of the deepest teams in the ACC. We just may not have as many players. Yep. And that's fine.
0: That's fine. We love that. That's exactly what Coach Brooke wanted. And I love that all these players are getting the playing time that they deserve. And they're developing to the players they need to be. Every single one, I swear to you, I we could spend two hours in breaking down every single player because they are all fantastic.
1: Yeah, they're an exciting watch. If you're a diehard Florida State fan, you haven't had a chance to watch them, please tune in tomorrow at 1 o'clock on ESPN, Florida State versus number 9 UConn. It's going to be a great game.
0: Oh, okay, Wyatt. That really wraps up where we're at in Florida State athletics. It is so great to have nothing but a positive report. Is it not?
1: Yeah. No. It's 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 an exciting it's an exciting time. Teams are starting to figure it out.
0: It's great. It's great. It's going to continue to be great and. Another great episode with you, Wyatt. Thanks so much for joining me as always. This was episode six of Stadium Drive, and you know, hopefully, we're gonna have some some good some good episodes with some good guests coming up here soon. I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: As always, you know what? journals.